0: Hello and welcome again to Small Business Digest Radio. My name is Donald Mazzella and I'm an editorial director of Small Business Digest. We come to you through three channels here at Blog Talk Radio, through our newsletters and in in our magazine. They are now all available to you at www.smallbusinessdigest.net. That's www.smallbusinessdigest.net. Each hour here at Small Business Digest Radio, we hope to bring you information, strategies, and suggestions to help small business managers increase profits, add sales, better manage cash flow, improve employee management, and streamline operations. We have an exciting program this week covering how to better integrate your office operations, And reducing uh, stress and uh, how to not to be afraid of the cloud. Our first guest is Aaron Weiss of HP, uh, which is driving to be more in in your office than a computer and a printer. Aaron, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you very much. Uh, Good to be here.
0: It's it's, it's good. Uh, Aaron, we start off each I guess by asking about themselves how they got to where they are uh, a little bit of background so that our audience knows a little bit more about you
1: sure happy to do that Um, I've actually been with HP for a very long time I have worked in a broad range of different businesses ranging from direct marketing to actually believe it or not automotive diagnostics we had a business in that area um, to um, uh, enterprise services software Uh, digital photography, and where I am right now is actually with the LaserJet and Enterprise Solutions Organization. I'm the director of marketing for our software business. We have a a pretty large software business focused on meeting the needs of our commercial printing customers. Um, So we have a a lot of focus on customers ranging from the micro Soho to the uh, mid-market SMB all the way up to the enterprise customers. Uh, my primary focus throughout my career has been in marketing and uh, and business development, and um, really uh, really primarily uh, interested in in getting as close to the customer as possible. So the the roles that I've been in have been either customer facing or very focused on on uh, what we're delivering to the customer.
0: Well, I dare say a majority of uh, our au- audience. Uh, either today or at some point in the future had an uh, HB printer or HB computer uh, <laughs> in in there.
1: Um, yeah, I think that's I think, you know, just given our our market share in those in in uh, uh the products that you mentioned, I think it's likely.
0: <laughs> so, uh we're we're here today to talk about um what small businesses are really facing today. They're facing the, the cloud, uh, they're facing uh, changing technology, and uh, uh, despite what people might think, they're not pioneers. They are people that like to, t- uh, to follow where, where others go. Right. So uh, tell us now uh, what, what you see the problems for them are and how uh, you and other uh, providers find the solution.
1: Sure, you bet, and and I think you hit the um, on a couple of important points when you're thinking about pain points for the SMB customer. Um, there's a lot of them are are very uh, relevant to some of the key trends that are happening in the market today. Um, you, you know, uh, cloud computing is a big trend, and SMBs are curious about, you know, how do they get involved with cloud computing? Is it the right thing for their business? Is it secure? Mobility is a huge trend impacting all segments of the market. And then also a lot of, of a, a shift from paper-based processes and workflows to digital workflows. Now, when you look specifically at at customer pain points, you know the SMB customers are saying, you know, I, I could I could use help. Um, can you help me manage our workflow and and help simplify some of our business processes and and help improve our the efficiency in terms of how we run our business. Um, from a mobility standpoint, you know, mo- mo- mobile devices help the customer. Uh, Help me as an SMB customer connect to my own customers. Um, How do I better integrate mobile into um, my day to day um, work processes and, and my day to day tasks? And finally, you know, one of the things that we know is critically important to the SMB market is how. Can I make a, a high-quality impression with with my customers? How can I look like the big guys in terms of my marketing materials? In terms of how I present myself as a business, these are some of the challenges that we hear from our SMB customers, and and play a, a key role in terms of of the the products and and solutions that we bring to the market to help uh, uh, to help our SMB customers.
0: Well. Um average customer uh, let's let's talk down uh downmark and talk about the under hundred employee uh, okay. uh wor- workplace uh, uh we have we, first we we had a, everybody connected with wires then then we had intra then we had uh, uh so that we have wireless <clears throat> now we have the cloud um uh, what does that all mean in terms of productivity uh, for the small business?
1: Yeah, that's a, that, that's a big one, um, the, the big one in terms of productivity. One of the big areas that, that we've found that, that the cloud is impacting the, the small businesses in, is in terms of the ability to collaborate. And that can be collaborating if, you know, a lot of small businesses have distributed workforces. You, you could have, you know, even if it's a five person business, you could have people in different parts of the country. And one of the, one of the real values that cloud based computing, cloud based solutions, particularly cloud based document management solutions can bring to a small business customer is the ability to improve collaboration, the ability to enhance how you manage day-to-day processes, either with with your coworkers or also with with external partners, agencies, vendors. Um, that the, the cloud can really help enhance the way that you work. You know, an, an example would be, for instance, contract contract management. Um, what we found is that our customers uh in the particularly in the SMB segment are finding that they can dramatically enhance their ability to manage the contract process putting contracts in place with vendors with agencies um and so forth even with other customers um through the use of cloud-based document management um it it enables you know uh the not just the electronic transfer but things like version control notifications permissions and sharing all of that can enhance that process, pull cost and time out of the process to get to what the SMB business owner is looking for.
0: Well, what types of products now? Uh, um, uh, uh, w- w- when I think of HP, I think of computers and printers. But now, obviously, you're going someplace else.
1: Yeah, that's, that, that's a great point. And, and you know, the, the reason we're going someplace else is because our customer needs are evolving. Um, we still deliver, you know, best-in-class, industry-leading printers and PCs, like you mentioned, but the the relationship that we have with our customers through that hardware has also shown us that our customer needs are evolving into areas where we believe we can add value. And, you know, one of the things that, that HP has done is is dramatically focused on enhancing the software portfolio that we offer to All of the customers in in the commercial um, markets segments so uh, particularly with our with our SMB customers so a good example for instance is we acquired a company called autonomy autonomy enabled us to access some industry-leading enterprise content management solutions and search technology that we've brought from the from the enterprise space to the SMB market in the cloud so we've been able to take Technology that's been proven with large enterprise customers and bring it, brought it to the cloud um, for our SMB customers at a very, very affordable price. Now, what that does is it gives the, uh, the SMB customer some very powerful tools to help manage their business and address some of the pain points associated with, with some of their very document-intensive processes today.
0: Uh, uh, let's talk briefly so uh our audience knows what does autonomy do and what uh, how does it relieve the pain point
1: sure so um what autonomy autonomy had a uh or has an enterprise content management solution called worksite um worksite is a full-featured enterprise content management solution targeted at large enterprise customers. Now, what we did is is within the LaserJet uh, and Enterprise and Solutions Organization, we collaborated with Autonomy to create a cloud-based document management solution that's based on the worksite technology and also includes Autonomy's idle search technology. And we created a new product called HP Flow CM Professional. So that Flow CM Professional is based on autonomy technology, includes HP technology, HP Labs technology for mobile capture, and uh, brings a whole slew of, of security features to help address um, concerns that uh, that we found the SMB customers can often have when they're looking at making the switch to uh, to the cloud.
0: But uh, when you say that, are they uh, putting all of their uh, files into the cloud uh, using autonomy? Um, are they uh, bringing all of their um, project management tools? Uh, I'm unclear, and I think my uh, audience would like a little bit of sure. A clarification.
1: Sure, absolutely. So um, the HP Flow CM Professional, which is based on autonomy technology, can take – any document type um, that that the customers are currently using today, so their PowerPoint files, their Word files, their uh, ms project files all of the all of these types of files a wide range of, of file types are supported um, and can be um, uploaded to the cloud to their account uh, in their HP flow CM professional account, and from there. They can, you know, collaborate with their coworkers, with, you know, with other external agencies, vendors, and partners, and so forth. Um, They can manage their documents. They can use the autonomy idle search technology to find the latest version of their documents. Um, They can share and publish their documents. Um, There's a whole range of, of different features and functionality that enables a collaboration experience that we think is among the best in the industry.
0: So, what you're in effect saying that uh, our days of printing out and filing uh, the paper um, is is going to be diminished over the next few years.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting because we've all heard about um, the uh, the paperless office, right? I think that was first written up almost 40 years ago in in Business Week as as a, a trend that that was going to emerge, and then, and the reality is it hasn't emerged. In fact. in in many of the business printing segments, um, paper paper usage has actually increased. But what we found is that it's actually a hybrid environment where, where customers want the ability to to scan and digitize a document, have it uploaded to the cloud, and then be able to collaborate, um, to be able to search and find that document, be able to share that document, and then also be able to walk up to a device in their office, uh, uh, an MFP, for instance, and um, and get access to that document in the cloud and have it printed so that they can have a hard copy with them. So with it, we're, what we're seeing is more of a, uh, of a hybrid set of use cases with on-ramps and off-ramps that include the cloud. They include printers and MFPs and scanners. Um, It's not necessarily going just, you know, switching over to a completely paperless environment.
0: Uh, Aaron, if the uh, audience wants to learn more about this and other products, where do they go?
1: Right. So for for FlowCM, Professional, our new cloud-based document management solution. They can go to go goflow or FlowCM Pro, um, or they can just go to FlowCMPro.com.
0: And if they wanted someone to t- to talk to, who would you suggest?
1: Well, we go. have a, a, a whole. Set of, of channel partners that are ready to talk with the customers to help them make that move from uh, from on-premise solutions or paper solutions to the cloud. So um, they can um, they can reach out. First of all, go to the website and they, they can get more, ask for more information, or for uh, to initiate a trial. And from there, we will connect them with the uh the The partner that is um, serving their their particular area
0: I want to thank you and hope you will coming back again soon
1: i'd be happy to do that thank you, John.
0: Any small business leader devotes much time to managing his or her business. Studies have shown that they often suffer from stress and put off medical treatment. Our next guest, John Kober, outlines the ten steps to reducing stress. John. Welcome to the show.
2: thank you, Donald. It's a pleasure to be with you tonight.
0: Okay, John, we start we start every guest by saying, asking them to tell them a little bit about themselves, so our audience well, gets to know a little bit more about them.
2: I'd be happy to do that. Uh, I've been in, um, uh, I have a small business called the California Parks Company, which I started about thirty five years ago and it started as a small ski area in California and grew into a fairly significant hospitality-oriented business throughout the state of California. And we concession for public agencies in parks for things like marinas and food service and gift shops and gas stations, uh, all hospitality functions in parks that, that, that need a, an operator where the agency is is really not... Uh, capable of providing uh, that kind of service, and we've grown the business successfully. And uh, of course, uh, you know, I've, I've run into all the different kinds of stress that, that all the typical small business operators um, experience as, the, as they go through their business lives, and especially difficult here in California with all the regulations.
0: So, so you decided to, uh, so you decided to write a book.
2: I decided to write a book. It's called Greenlighting Lighting Your Future, How to Manifest the Perfect Life. And in that uh, book, Donald, which you picked up, uh, you know, we talk a little bit about stress and, and what we can do to alleviate some of the stress that we all face every day because small business operators uh, experience a, a a difficult road at some times. And, and you, you just need to know how to how to alleviate some of that.
0: Well, um, uh, before we get into that, we're going to alleviate some of our financial stress by having a commercial, and uh, we'll get right back with you, John. So stand by.
2: I will.
3: Want to know more about health savings accounts for your company or yourself? Go to 2hsa.com and get a free employer's primer. Health savings accounts are a cost-effective way of offering health care benefits to your employees and yourself. HSAs build retirement funds for your employees, improve morale, and reduce your health care benefit costs. For a free employer guide to HSAs, go to 2hsa.com. That's 2hsa.com.
0: We're back here with John Culver, who's going to help us reduce some of the stress of our everyday lives running small businesses. Uh, John, uh, my first question to you are, what causes stress?
2: Well, I I think, um, you know, all the different pressures that you face as an operator coming at you, uh, sometimes all in one day, and And you just get exasperated trying to handle them all and and see your where see, see your way clear and, and just getting out the door uh you know with offshore competition these days and uh, all the insurance costs rising, uh, regulations by government and increased internal competition, uh h r issues a huge one these days with stress claims and lawsuits, increased taxes. Uh, health care issues, uh, being so up in the air with Obamacare. There's just a myriad of, of things that, you know, come at you all at one time, and you just kind of wonder yourself, how do I handle it all? And it gets you down, and, and you get frustrated. And you, you try to find a way out, and some people do and some people don't. But there are some some things that, that you can definitely do to help you along.
0: And what are they?
2: Well, we'll go through them
0: and i um i I'm, you know, I'm hoping you will because your book is terrific and well, um thank you. Uh, i uh, but, and i want uh, uh, our audience to hear about it because i think you have some interesting ideas especially for those that are uh uh running a small business
2: yeah well thank you Don. i appreciate that uh, green lighting your future but uh, we do have a chapter on stress and uh, I think one of the first things that you do, and we're going to go through ten steps here, is set some, some realistic priorities. Uh, there's, a, there's a value on, on getting your goals on paper. And then I subscribe to the theory that you tackle the most difficult one first because when you get that biggie out of the way, all the others uh, become very, very easy. So put your goals down. What's the most difficult? Tackle that one first. Two, um, learn to delegate with accountability Uh, set due dates if you have uh, if if you have supervisors or people working for you uh, learn to delegate to them and and let and let people know that that they're going to be accountable uh, in writing for certain tasks on certain dates and and then clear that off and and put down the due date for that employee on your calendar in your phone whatever and, and, and then hold them accountable for for getting that task done. Number three, I, I think, is really important. I think you need to take some regular time off. It's important to know that there's a little relief down the road, whether it's a very mini weekend or a small vacation or even an evening out uh, with your favorite person. Uh, but it's important to have something to look forward to, get you through the day. Four, uh, hire those smarter than you. If you're fortunate enough to have a big business, big enough business where you can hire people, I've always subscribed to the theory that you need to have people smarter than you, and this is especially applicable in IT and marketing and sales. Five, and this is kind of uh, good for your personal life as well as your business life, get a pet. You know, there's all kinds of studies out there in, in just how much a, a a pet alleviates stress in your life and when that little pet comes to you and wagging its tail and everybody hasn't been wagging their tail at you the rest of the day, and you come home and that that little boy is sitting there wagging his tail and just been waiting for you all day, it makes it, it, it makes your evening. Six. Know and believe in the old axiom, uh this too shall pass. Know that know that as one door closes, another always opens. Um I, I think that's good advice. It's uh been passed down through the centuries. Know and believe the old adage, this too shall pass, and say that to yourself and know that it will happen. There will be better days ahead. I think the, the seventh thing is um, uh, hire the right employees. Take the time to do the reference checks. Take the time to, as well as you can to check the references. I know you can't get a lot of information from former employees this day, but if you dig hard enough, sometimes you can get some gems. And, and do those background checks. They're invaluable. And just the knowledge that you've got somebody that's honest and has a past track record, that's that's excellent. Gives you a lot of peace of mind and alleviates stress. Number eight, have the right insurance. You know, when you go to bed at night, if the place burns down um, or you get sued, knowing that you have the coverage in place to cover you. If you can't afford um, uh, the best insurance, You know, get the catastrophic insurance policy. It's very cheap, and at least you know you'll get something out of it. And number nine, uh, if all else fails, have an exit plan. Know in the back of your mind that you have a strategy to get out of your business. If, in fact, it doesn't fail, don't subscribe to the theory that you shouldn't always be thinking, I'm going to make this success because that's exactly what you need to be doing. But in the back of your mind, you need to have an exit plan because that, that gives you some relief, too. And ten, most importantly, and what I write about in green lighting more than anything else, uh, is imagine what a stress-free life would be for you as you go to work and act that way. It's important to have that emotional content because it creates, and I'll tell you all about this in the book, the kind of perfect life that you want. Imagine yourself as stress-free. It will do wonders for you. So there's my ten steps, Donald. I hope you
4: like them. <laughs>
0: Oh, I, I do. I always have a couple of points. Uh, as you brought up each point, I I, um, I, I think of a story I've, I've handled over the last couple of months, which which uh, which mainly say this survey said that people uh, small businesses aren't doing this. Uh, for instance, the one about vacation, uh, uh, a survey found that most uh, small business leaders uh uh. uh, uh when they go on vacation, call back too uh, too often. Uh, another one about the
2: uh, – go ahead. Well, yeah, I have a real comment for that because I happen to be uh, in vacation. I'm on vacation at my vacation home in Oregon, and I'm, I seem to be working. So there, there's, there's real validity to what you're talking about. But I think what you have to do there is you have to set limits. Uh, When you do go on vacation or you go away, say, okay, if I have to work and stay stay uh, in contact with my people, it's absolutely necessary. Then, then you got to set limits on the time that you're going to work. Like I do, I set my mornings. You know, by 12 o'clock, I want to be done and be doing something else. But that's the way I handle it.
0: Well, well, that uh, that's uh, good advice and discipline. that apparently a lot of the small business owners don't. But let's go uh, – I'm trying to remember uh, the, all your points are so good. But uh, uh, talking about insurance, uh, uh, catastrophic. Another study I saw said that in, ti- uh, in bad times, which we've been going through, insurance is one of the first things cut by many small businesses. Oh, that's uh, yes.
2: very true. You know, it, it's something – you know there are so many requirements on small business that are imposed by government and regulators that
3: insurance isn't one
2: of them. In most cases, it happens to be in my business, but in most cases it isn't. So, you know it's it's a it's a discretionary item. But in my mind, uh, you know with the availability of catastrophic insurance, at least you can cover the big exposures and and take bigger deductibles. You know you can afford to to pay for a loss in a deductible uh, you know, that you can swallow and not lose your business. So there's two ways to do it. You can take bigger deductibles and you can co- you know, cover yourself with catastrophic, but I would not go I would not go bare because, you know, you put your life effort into this thing and to lose it all to a buyer or to employ a lawsuit or something like that. It just isn't worth it. So you need to scrape together the dollars necessary to at least get catastrophic
0: well um, let's go on to another uh, uh interesting three of your points deal with hi- uh hiring people hiring people smarter than you um, hi- um hiring uh, uh checking the background uh of them and uh, uh the third one um uh, let them do their job uh i think that's so critically important but uh, uh, many small businesses don't take the time to do background checks. Do you, do you well, have any comments?
4: Well, yeah.
2: Um, it, it's expensive. Not everybody can afford it. But I uh, maintain that it's it's one of those necessary expenses because I have been burned, and I've learned that lesson a couple times. So now uh, where, where I have a position open that uh, – that has some exposure, uh, you know, handling money or trade secrets or whatever the situation may be. I've just found that it's it's just worth it to to do those background checks. It's just it, you know, along with insurance, you know, it it's just something you need to do, especially for those jobs that are sensitive and uh give you a lot of exposure and especially in 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 cash and banking. There's another way. Uh, you know, the internet is a great uh, is a great source to find out almost anything about how to how to run businesses, including how to alleviate stress and how hiring practices. There's a lot on the appropriate hiring practices and the questions to ask and interviewing techniques to get the most out of your people. So I encourage people to go to the internet. Uh, you know, it's it's free and uh, it's it, it it'll help. If you can't afford the background checks. At least learn how to interview appropriately
0: well- what made you write the book?
2: what made me write the book you know um i've i've been so fortunate in my life donald i have lived uh, uh, a life that has been um uh, very fruitful um uh it it's it's been an enjoyable time and i i wanted to share my secrets with people that might benefit in the way that i have because i have learned to appreciate uh, everything i have in my life and i've learned how to create uh, a perfect life and i i wanted to share that knowledge uh... with other people especially uh... people that are struggling in, in small businesses like i did for so many years until i learned the secrets of manifesting. well
0: uh... We, we, uh, I know, uh, personally myself, I, I, uh, read, read your book before this and I felt, uh, uh, I, I wanted to do all of those things that you said. Um the toughest thing I've had to learn to do is leave the phone at home. Uh, uh, and, and some of the other ones, uh, tackling, uh, the big, big project first. But, uh, of, of all of them, which, which of these uh, do you think is the most important for people to remember?
2: Well, I think the last one, that's an easy one, because that's what the rest of the book is all about. It's about how you manifest things in your life uh, that you want, and you want your business to be successful and everything else. And there are techniques uh, for doing that, but it really gets down to, to one central um, uh, theme or idea, and they call it the secret of the universe. And it's been written about for centuries. It's in the Bible. It's all the great spiritual leaders throughout time have have talked about this one universal secret, and and that is uh, you, you become what you think about. Uh, that's the simplified version, and you know it, it, there are, there are a lot of ways to use that secret, uh, and and I talk about that in my book, but if if you just remember one thing out of this out of this interview is you become what you think about and it's so very true over there it just is a it's a golden rule through the centuries it's as sacred as do unto others as you would have them do unto you and it is that sacred so that's uh, that's what i write about and uh, you can learn the techniques and uh, uh through reading the book and it works I just know it works. It does work. How can people buy your book? They can go to Kindle, uh, Amazon. It's available. Uh, Greenlighting Your Future: How to Manifest the Perfect Life. Uh, that's how you get it.
0: Uh, what's the uh, uh, your website for your company, and how can they reach you? That's a question okay. they always ask me.
2: Sure, it's dot. Cal C A R Parks P A R K S Co C O dot com. So it's J K. It's W Me individually is J K at calparksco dot com, and they can they can email me.
0: John, thank you very much for for what I, I consider an inspiring uh, talk. Uh, Well, thank uh, you, guys. I enjoyed your book, and I hope others will will buy it as well.
2: Thank you you so much. I appreciate it. uh,
0: uh, We really thank you, and we're going to go to a commercial break and then back with our next guest.
3: Just how dangerous is social networking? Use of websites like Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube are all the rage, but what are the downsides of this new technology? The incidents of bullying, stalking, harassment, and inappropriate content are increasing. Just how dangerous is it? What can you do to protect your child and yourself from it? Go to protectivecountermeasures.com dot com for a free hour long video on the dangers of social networking. That's protectivecountermeasures.com dot com for your free hour long video.
0: We have a, we have an interesting, free flowing. Um, Program tonight, we have James Moorhead on as our next guest. James, come on in and uh, join the fund.
4: Sure. Uh, Hi, I'm James Moorhead and head up uh, product management, corporate marketing for Support.com, and happy to be on the show tonight.
0: Well, uh, we're
4: happy you're here.
0: Uh, We always start uh, this segment by asking a little bit about your personal background before we get into what uh what you came to talk about.
4: Sure. Well uh I'm I'm uh, my background going way back, computer engineer who got an MBA, started in software development, and then went through a variety of, of roles that ultimately led to uh leading up product management and marketing for support.com. and along the way learned a lot about um software industry, about telecommunications, mobile networks, and uh, also the challenges that enterprises and small businesses face in making their businesses run efficiently. So that's where I find myself now. And uh, uh,
0: tell us a little bit about uh, what your, your product does and how it uh, it can help a small business uh, earn more money.
4: Sure. Yeah. So we uh, provide remote <laughs> technology support solutions, and we provide those primarily to companies that in turn enable small businesses to, uh, to better uh, support and get value from technology. So we don't directly sell to small businesses, but the companies we work with, and those are uh, large service providers, retailers, technology companies, take advantage of our of our solutions to better deliver technology support and cloud services to their small business customers. And um, particularly in the area of cloud services, that, that's an area that that provides small businesses a terrific opportunity to get some of the same benefits that large enterprises do from a technology perspective that really wasn't possible uh, five to ten years ago.
0: Well, uh, small businesses right now are changing over to the cloud, but very reluctantly. Um, uh, why should they not be afraid of the cloud?
4: Well, uh, one reason that they shouldn't be afraid is that um, very large enterprises are also making that transition and are trusting uh, or their their um, complex operations to cloud-based services whether that's for online backup or CRM or the solutions they use for customer support or the solutions they use to drive their websites and e-commerce or a whole variety of other things, that very large enterprises are actually starting to do it. And as a result, have, have really forced the cloud service providers to mature. And as a result, I think that there's no need to worry about the robustness of the solutions. And for small businesses, the in, if, if you're not going with a cloud-based solution, then you are one way or another taking on the burden of what normally an IT department would handle, which either means it's not practical and you don't do it, or you're spending time being an IT department when you really shouldn't be spending time growing your business, because most small businesses can't afford an IT department.
0: Well, that's that's the argument people use. Uh, and it's a good one, and uh, in fact, uh, uh, but uh, some people are, are afraid that they're they're putting things up there, and uh, everybody can get at them, etc. Uh, and frankly, everything's out of their control. Um, what do you th- do? You think that's well, the
4: case? I, I think actually, the I mean, there's a, whether your data is stored. If your data is stored completely locally in, on your premise, then then you have a risk of that data uh, being completely lost in the event of theft or fire. So one way or another, you want to have the, the data that your business relies on in more than one place. And whether your that more than one place is making a backup. Periodically and taking a hard drive to another location, um, or and that's that's not really very uh, practical because you have to remember to do it when you're really busy. Or if you're doing a cloud-based backup, you are trusting that the company capturing your data and storing it is doing so securely. But the key thing is there there are companies with uh, with much higher levels of risk that are entrusting, in one shape or another, their data and potentially their applications to cloud based providers. And going back to my original point with the the, the, the cloud the cloud based and SaaS based solutions that are out there now have just matured significantly. You have very large companies in the traditional software businesses that have purchased or are building out cloud based services because they see that the trend is just inevitable now. It's not it's not boutique and it's not a fad. It is just inevitable that that a large chunk of the traditional software market is going to move to apps, to the cloud, to software-as-a-service models. Uh, So I think that that those concerns were probably justified um, eight, ten years ago, maybe even five, six years ago. Today, however, there are a lot of options, and there are very large companies backing those cloud-based options. They've acquired companies, and they've really made them robust.
0: Well, you're here tonight to talk about your company and and its role uh, in all of this. So, tell us a little bit about it the, beyond what you first started.
4: Sure. So, um, w- w- the the technology challenges and questions that companies have uh, that that go beyond just the application itself—that's really where we step in. So, support. Com we enable uh, service providers, retailers, and technology companies to craft uh, programs that include both a service or offering, in this case a cloud service, and then wrap around that the technology support that you may not get right out of the box. And I think that's one legitimate criticism of of some cloud services, is that they don't necessarily have fully built out real-time interactive support to help companies actually get value from their services. And that's where we can step in and play a role. So if your broadband service provider um, has a premium support offering, in, in, there's a good chance that that's provided by us uh, behind the scenes. We, we are a, you know, our brand is known to the companies that build premium support offers with us. Mm-hmm. We are not a direct brand in that sense. We're a business-to-business brand. So we're we're an ingredient Within offers that other companies are doing so so I think that um that in terms of the small businesses listening to this webcast you know you can come to our website and learn about us um However, it's not likely that you would be a direct customer of ours. you would indirectly be or uh, take advantage of our capabilities by working with uh some of the mobile service provider or the service providers or um or retailers that we that we work with which are named brands. And on our website, there's a list of some of the companies that have partnered with us uh, to deliver uh, premium technology support offers.
0: Well, uh, the reason I invited you on the program is uh, people should know about the companies behind the cloud uh, because uh, uh, what they're dealing with on occasion is one individual, but really it's it's a combination of companies that really deliver the services.
4: Well, maybe maybe something that could be helpful since you've you've raised um, some some what I think are very natural questions around security and risk. Uh, the, the technology we we provide to our partners for tech support is actually cloud based, and I think there's a, there's um, uh, not necessarily a good understanding of what that means. So, what does a software as a service SaaS or cloud based service really entail? Well, it's a service that is delivered out of a web browser and uh, because it's out of a web browser, you, you can avoid having to deploy servers and technology and maintain it in your organization. You can avoid having to deploy and upgrade and maintain software on the desktop. You can just go to a browser, from any computer, and if you log in, you're securely accessing a uh, a technology that's running off off the cloud. So what does off the cloud mean? In our case, it means that we have servers in multiple locations with the data of each customer uh, securely partitioned so that, you know, our broadband service provider partner of ours, uh, their data is completely sequestered from a retail partner. And, and we take on the responsibility of having that data secure, of having it in multiple places, of having it in, in facilities that are insulated against uh, fire and earthquakes and all sorts of other natural disasters, um, because we have a responsibility for our, the software that drives our service being up all the time. And that really applies to any mature um, provider of a software-as-a-service or cloud-based offering.
0: Well you know, that's one of the more complete uh answers I've heard in a long time. Um you know uh, people are a little bit confused, uh the small business, S-A-A-S, S-A-S, SAAS, et-, et cetera, That's <laughs> right. Uh and and the cloud. Uh I had one uh uh ISP provider uh, say to me that uh the, the cloud is really old fa- uh things that we've done before. But I don't believe that's the case. Um I I think we're really into a new generation. Would you agree?
4: Yeah, I would agree. I mean if you if you look at um um the if you I think the if if you use the word the cloud, that's kind of a broad umbrella for data stored somewhere other than your computer and accessible out in the internet. So the connection between your device, if the connection between your device and the data is over the Internet, then that data is based in the cloud. You know, software as a service is a specific subset of that where you are driving an application out of a web browser, and that application is hosted via an Internet connection. So, you know, the cloud I view is a broad term for just storing data up in the Internet uh, in a secure way. And the software as a service is an application that runs out of a web browser running off a, a web server off out in the, uh, in the Internet somewhere. And, and in a sense, software as a service is an evolution as, of ASP, application service providers, and other terms that have been used in the past. But I think that this is not, again, a fad. I think software as a service is, is very well established now, and you've got really large traditional software companies that are moving to that model and as a result, uh, I think it's unlikely that that term is going to be replaced by something else, although, you know, in the technology industry, uh, everybody loves to create acronyms, so who knows, maybe they'll come up with a new one. But I think it's, it's evolved to a point where it's going to stick around for quite a while.
0: Well, let me ask you a different question. The Internet is based on ver- – uh, 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 com- there has to be some computers on the ground someplace around the world thousands if not millions of them now where are the cloud computers how
4: are they yeah there are servers sitting in data centers and there's a whole variety of ways that's done Uh, some of the very large cloud services and in a sense um, linkedin is a cloud service right Uh, it's a cloud service that people don't for the most part don't directly pay for it, but they can but it's a cloud service they're of the scale that they likely I don't know for sure but they likely have built up data centers where they host the servers that they need to host facebook would be the same thing uh google certainly has massive data centers where they store all kinds of data uh for someone uh for support.com you know we're not of that scale we're a relatively large company um, you know, generating about 20 million dollars of revenue a quarter, profitably. But we we take advantage of of companies who specialize in running data centers, and we basically carve out a section of servers. And we work with we have multiple locations so that we're geographically insulated. And in that case, there are there are cloud companies whose job is specifically to host and manage and run servers that other companies put their applications on. But at the end of the day, a cloud service or a software as a service application, they run on servers that are sitting in data centers that are accessed over the Internet uh, securely over a variety of ways. But it still comes down to servers sitting somewhere. That That is really no different. Uh, it's just that they, they are accessed over the Internet rather than over a a local intranet.
0: Well, uh, can I? Uh, I want to ask you one more question, if, because uh, you clearly know your subject. Uh, but how do these uh, service centers make money? Uh, you
4: know, if, uh, uh, there's
0: computers all over the place. I'm wondering who pays for it all
4: yeah so you know in our case is to be uh, we we have to pay for access to servers that are uh, that are managed by uh, these third party companies, and how do they make money well they have to they have to actually purchase hardware and capitalize it, they have to purchase licenses for software, and they have to recoup those costs in a way that's profitable. Now, since they're doing that for multiple companies and likely sharing that hardware with other companies or sharing parts of the infrastructure, the buildings and the air conditioning and all that other stuff with other companies, there's it can be, to a certain point, more efficient for a company like us to um, to lease space out of a data center than to build one of our own. At a certain point in our evolution, it may make sense to build our own data center, which requires hiring people, additional people, and uh, getting real estate and all those other things to house the servers. So there's a point of scale where, um, at least on the you know the clouds um, cloud hosting of servers, that it that it may not make sense to do it. But that's uh, that's a balancing act. The the another example, the the w- when we deliver premium technology support, we have technicians that answer the phone. And the, uh, we use a cloud-based phone switch, um, all voice-over IP, because it was more efficient and more cost-effective than us purchasing phone switch hardware and hosting it ourselves. Uh, so we actually made a choice about our phone switch and chose a cloud-based solution because it was more cost-effective than, than running the whole thing ourselves.
0: Um, uh, one more question. Do you think a, a small, uh, the cloud enables a small business that as it grows to, to do it more, easier and more seamlessly because they don't have to keep doubling their capacities, et cetera?
4: Absolutely. And I think one of the key advantages is it lets you start really small. And, and that was, uh, you know, seven years ago when we were just getting started in the current business where now we – if we had bought a, a phone switch, to go back to a specific example in our business, if we, if we had purchased a phone switch and all the infrastructure, we would have spent a whole bunch of money up front for a very small amount of capacity needed to answer phones because we were just at the start of the business. You know, Seven years later, we've got you know a, a massive amount of volume of phone calls that we're dealing with every day on tech support issues, and as we've scaled up, we have – scale up to that volume over time rather than having to overbuild up front. And uh, that is definitely a major advantage of uh, for, 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 comp- for any company potentially, but in particular small businesses who are much more hand-to-mouth uh, and cash-based, that they can only pay for what they're using. And they don't have to buy capacity or software licenses that sit on the shelf uh, and don't Provide any benefit other than just taking a whole bunch of capital up front. So that that is definitely a, an advantage. You know, the software as a service is a is is more of a subscription, pay as you go offering in its very nature than the traditional enterprise software. You know, spend a bunch of money, hope you use it over time. So that that it's a completely different approach, and it it, it really. Reduces the risk, and it, and it, it potentially uh, also reduces the upfront cost for customizations and service, professional services, and the other things, and deployment fees. Like a lot of that goes away, because I, I saw a quote somewhere that, you know, with software as a service, the companies are accepting that that they're getting 80% of what they want, and maybe they can get another 10% through some configuration, but there's 10% of really custom stuff that they're willing to live without because they get the benefits of of a solution that works right away without it taking six months to implement.
0: I, you know, I, I don't know from the rest of our audience, but it's been an illuminating uh, few minutes with you. If they want to get in touch with you, how can they do that?
4: So the best way to learn more about support.com is to uh, to visit our website and then... Uh within our website we have uh we have white papers, we have a blog, a very active blog that, that has additional items on this subject. And uh if you want to um learn more about some of the companies that actually uh take advantage of our technology and have programs um in this area, then you can go on the uh under the program success section. There's a list uh, a whole list of logos uh that uh, show some of the companies we work with. And uh, and those companies actually have the offers that, in many cases, are available for small businesses. Um, again, we don't directly market to small businesses. We provide technology and and uh, and really high quality technicians that, uh, in turn, provide services through these partners that we work with.
0: Well, thank you for again a uh, very interesting uh, discussion and uh, hopefully come back sometime.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Enjoyed talking to you. Appreciate the great questions and uh hopefully it was useful. I'd be happy to to talk to your uh to your listeners again.
0: Hmm. Uh we're near the end of the program. I just want to make a couple of comments. Uh, uh, Number one, you probably all heard that they've uh, pushed back the mandate for the uh, Affordable Care Act, or Obamacare, uh, to 2014, muddling the picture for another 18 months, um, which uh, 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 I feel will be hurtful to small business. Uh, I saw two surveys today, uh, one indicating that uh, uh, small business confidence is up slightly, but still not near where it was um, uh, pre-recession. Uh, equally as important, uh, 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 revenues for small business uh, are still not have still not reached pre-recession levels, though they went up again last month for the third month. There's hope on the horizon, but we still have a long way to go. For all of us here at Small Business Digest, and again, you can uh, uh, hear this program, uh, sign up for our newsletter, sign up for our magazine at smallbusinessdigest.net. For all of us, good night.